Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie, and I want to welcome all the first-time listeners, because I know each new episode we get some new listeners, so if this is your first time, welcome. Sit back, enjoy the show, we'll break you in gently. Well, they may not be sitting, they could be jogging or something, or running on the treadmill, or mowing the lawn. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one podcast. We've got a big podcast this week. We're going to be giving a very brief store report, but a lot of online news this week, as well as reviews of some Japanese handbags and the D'Agostini diecast vehicles. We've got seven of them, and we're going to be reviewing them. But to start off with, our store report. It's paltry again. We really don't have much here except Plo Koon. we got lots of Plo Koon. Yeah, he's not very popular with whoever is buying figures. Maybe Dave Filoni's not traveling across the country and buying a Plo Koon at every Walmart he sees. That's the only way these are going to go away. Because he'd have to actually buy more than one at every single Walmart. He'd have to buy like 17 to 25, depending which one you walked in. If I were to misquote Everlast, we've got more Plo Koons than the Bible's got Psalms. I don't get that. Okay. In places more active than Springfield... (laughs) (laughs) Illinois, the Force Unleashed box set of figures are appearing at Toys R Us. Not our Toys R Us, but maybe your Toys R Us. Kind of glad they haven't shown up at ours because that's going to be a $200 bite. For each? I need three of each because there's nice troops in there for troop building and that sort of thing. Of course, I'm looking forward to getting my proxy droid. I bet you are. Hey, it could be worse. I could be looking forward to the mostly nude Shaq T. She is a little scantily clad. You know, at one of the cons, I met the actress who played Shakti. She could have pulled off that outfit. And personally, I thought they did an injustice by draping so many clothes over Luminara. They all should have been dressed like Isla Sakura is all I'm saying. Uh-huh. And now, Maybe in the remake. Now we get into why there's such weird hente. <laughs> yes, that is weird, weird stuff. Barrett, who's been doing a lot of our updates on our Facebook page, found some Lego sets on sale at Target for a few bucks off. Nothing major, nothing earth-shattering, but a few bucks, and every dollar counts. It sure does. So buy some, I guess. I mean, that's Legos rarely go on sale. And if they go on clearance, they're gone quickly. Yeah. It's one of those things, I think there's price fixing. Because you've got the Star Star Wars collectors going after them, and you've got the Lego collectors going after them. It's kind of like that Disney mashup stuff, because now you got the Mickey Mouse freaks and the Star Wars collectors <laughs> all Mickey going Mouse after freaks. it. Mickey Mouse freaks. No offense to any Mickey Mouse freaks who listen to our show. 
But let's get to where all the real news was online. It always is. It's been a big week for Star Wars announcements. Let's start with something a little small and then we'll build up to the huge news. Entertainment Earth has new silicone covers for your iPhone 3G, 3GS. The S is for savings. Not really. And your iPod Touch. Or if someone told me at work when they're very proud they got their new iPhone, they said they got one of the iPhone G's. The G's? <laughs> like, what the hell is that? And then she was very proud that she could unlock it on her own. So if we have the 3G and the 3GS, is the first iPhone the OG? No. Oh. Sorry. These are the ones we saw at Toy Fair, these silicone covers. You know, I don't think they're as cool as some of the designs we've seen. You had a iPod Nano cover that was a Stormtrooper cover that was really cool. It was. But by the same token, these iPhone and iPod covers tend to go one of two ways. And the majority of them are just really lame, like that Jedi Rocks iPod cover. Yeah, I am not loving that. I'm sorry. That's kind of dorky. And even the iPod cover I had for my fourth generation iPod that was Vader surrounded in flames was kind of... It was the standard clip art of Vader for episode three. Yeah. Really, I didn't like it. I only got it because it was Star Wars. These these are just plain... It's got a Vader head silk screened on silicone or the Stormtrooper helmet silk screened on silicone. But there's no art there. I guess I'd rather have no art than bad art. But that seems to be my only two options for iPod and iPhone covers is no art or bad art. <laughs> right, this looks like something I could make. Yeah, I wasn't all that thrilled with these. For $30, I mean, I realize that's kind of what iPhone cases cost, but, I mean, you can get some pretty cool-looking non-Star Wars ones for $15 online. Yeah. This is, it's just a Stormtrooper helmet. It's like, well, okay. It's kind of, I'd get it for the same reason I got that lame Vader in flames, is to say I like Star Wars on my iPhone. However, no one's really ever going to question that about you. No, I've got tattoos. I don't need an iPhone case. I mean, seriously, though, doesn't it look like something, your father owns a silk screening shop. We could have him make this. Yeah. You know, there's no art involved. You wouldn't need my dad to do it. I could do it for you. Yeah. With some supplies I got at the hardware store and maybe a craft store, I could do it for you. Yeah. It's just basically a stencil. I'd prefer to see something a little bit more artistic. I don't quite know what, but I'll know it when I see I'd like to see the A New Hope So it's, it, it's like porn. You'll know it when you see it. Actually, that's arts. I don't know what art is, but I no, know No, that's it. how the Supreme Court defines porn. They can't No, defi- that's obscenity, actually. Well, obscenity. There's a difference. Obsc- well, yeah, obscenity is illegal. Porn's legal. That is your legal lesson for the day. Ding. But I'd like to see them do movie posters on these phone covers, wouldn't you? Like the classic A New Hope poster on there or the Return of the Jedi teaser poster that had the two hands holding the blue saber. That would rock. That's what I would like. I would like Jar Jar. Of course you would. In fact, I'd like a Jar Jar iPod holder. He could like be sitting down and his arms are holding it and his ears could be flapping up because he's listening to the music. Somebody make that for me. Sideshow had a new pre-order this week of the Yoda vs. Darth Sidious diorama. I've heard mixed responses to this piece on the forums. I think it's pretty good. I'm holding off on it just because I don't do a lot of the dioramas. I've really liked the ones I've got. This one is still available, though. It did not sell out, and they did not do an exclusive version the way they did with the Obi-Wan versus Vader. But as of this recording, these were still available, both in standard and flex pay formats. Star Wars Shop continued putting up the artwork for the Empire Strikes Back 30th Anniversary Collection. This was a really cool piece by Chris Trevis, and I love his work because it's 
so photorealistic. He's done work that we, we've had him on the show a couple times. He did work for the Essential Atlas. He's done work for some of the role-playing game books, the Jedi versus Sith Essential Guide. I love the look where he does, where he does a combination of art and Photoshop. It looks so realistic. But this one, it took a while to sell out. It sold out the next day. It wasn't kind of like the previous piece, which I didn't like as much and sold out so quickly that it was insane. Now, I like this piece. My only problem with it, it was so small. And I think that this particular print being that small, you're going to lose a lot of the intricate detail that's on there. It needed to be like a big poster. I think that for the $75, I'd have bought it at standard lithograph size, which is what, about 18 by 24? I don't know standard. I didn't know there's a standard. Well, kind of the ones we've bought, you know, like your Jake print, I think is 18 by 24. No, if you recall, my Jake print is a very obscure metric size and we had to have I'm a frame. approximating. Okay. But yeah, for 12 by 16, $75, I realize it's very limited and you're paying for that. But still, I think it's a little high priced. It's a great piece, but it's a little high priced. Kind of glad that I'm sitting out of this Empire Strikes Back thing since I missed that first piece. Because every time I'd buy it, I'd just be like, oh, that's a lot of money. Click. Oh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Click. It's like a oh, slot Oh, that's machine. a lot of money. Click. <laughs> What I did buy this week was from Woot. They had an AT-AT shirt. And yes, they have finally settled the argument. It's an AT-AT. It's not an A-T-A-T. It's an AT-AT. You know how I know? Because <laughs> it was at symbol, at symbol. It was really cute. Here's my problem is I found out about it and sent out the new release newsletter and posted it on our Facebook and Twitter. And then you were too lazy to go out and get your wallet. I had had my morning coffee. I was sipping but my first cup of coffee. But you could your wife to go pick it up for you to go, hey, can you walk, you know, the 30 feet and go get me my wallet? So I, I was too this. tired to even vocalize that quote statement. And I thought, Woot, I didn't know Woot could sell out. And I figured, oh, I'll just order it at work. And when I got to work, I did work stuff instead of jumping straight to Woot. And then I get an email from one of our listeners saying it's sold out. I'm like, what? Oh, no, I didn't get my AT-AT shirt. I really wanted the AT-AT shirt. And it is available now. You pay a $5 loser penalty, basically. <laughs> you didn't get it in time. So now it's $15 instead of $10. $15 is good for a shirt. And it has free shipping. I'm happy with $15 for a shirt. I pay more than that at Zazzling cafe press and they're really not good quality although this is probably heat transfer doesn't matter because it's an ad-ass now arnie i'm not sure how you're gonna feel about this because it's starting again what's starting again the helmets fx is putting out an empire strikes back stormtrooper stunt helmet in july which that's problematic as well but there's gonna be another shadow stormtrooper helmet now here's the kicker it's it's kind of funny. It's limited to 501 pieces. Get it? Yes, I get it. And then it's only going to be available at Cosmic Toys. That's with lots of Zs. Now. I emailed Barry. The nice thing. Yeah, because. I wanted to know. You're because, feeling it. Well, these helmets are quite inexpensive. I went to Cosmic Toys and the Shadow Stormtrooper helmet was only $159.99. I'm like, wait a sec. I think I paid like $500 for my Shadow Stormtrooper helmet. This one's $159.99. What's up? And here's what he told me. The helmets are injected molded ABS plastic, not fiberglass. And they have no fancy interior lining. So they're not going to be as comfortable to wear. But as all <laughs> the signs say, when you get these helmets, not for wearing anyway. They are not for head protection. You can't go on a construction site in your Shadow Stormtrooper helmet. That would be fun to watch. He also said if this was a 
movie, these were the helmets that would be used by the background extras. I guess extras don't get nice, fancy padding. They, they get to be uncomfortable. So it is not as good of a quality as, you know, the limited edition or precision cast. It's basically the equivalent of a stunt helmet. And $159 for a one-to-one scale helmet is a great price. A really great price. I kind of feel about it, though, what I feel about the stunt sabers, which is if you own the limited edition, there's not a whole lot of need to own the stunt version. Since I own the limited edition Black Hole Unless helmet, you just want one to walk around the house with or walk around the neighborhood and scare neighborhood kids. I don't think they'd be scared. I think they'd laugh at me. They're all going to laugh at me. They're all going to laugh at me. I don't know. I'm tempted, though. I'm more tempted on the Empire Strikes Back helmet because it has Empire Strikes Back markings, which are subtly different. Oh, of course. But I know the Black Hole Stormtrooper helmet, last time I checked on eBay, they were going for a pretty penny if you could find them. About $600. So. Not horrible, but. Not terrible. You pay a little. Premium for going late. Well, and. But, you know, for people who don't have or don't want to drop $600 on one, though, I think the $150 option is a great option. I don't think it's bad. I have to say, thinking back before we had a podcast and I felt compelled to compulsively buy the best of everything and as much of it as I can, I would have been very happy with these stunt saber options. But wait a second, what do you mean before we had a podcast? Well, back when I didn't used to collect so much high end and I was mostly Hasbro, but I lost it after the high end items, the stunt items would have filled that hole in my heart. (laughs) But FX announced they're also doing a precision cast, that's hard to say, replica of Count Dooku's Episode 3 Saber. And they even said in the email, there are subtle differences for those detail-oriented enough to notice between Episode 2 and Episode 3 Dooku Sabers. Why do you do this to me? Now there must be subtle differences in the ones on my display room. However, they are also quick to point out this one has the correct orientation. The one we have from Master Replicas kind of curves downward. But it looks better sitting in the display case. Actually, theirs looks pretty good curved really? upwards on the picture. Hmm. I guess you can have yin and yang. That's just, I don't know. That It depends on if sabers. you prefer your sabers flaccid or erect. Yeah, I guess so. Let's go for the erect. Exactly. That's how FX is doing it. For those of you who missed out on the quarry helmet, well... You really missed out. The wait list is now closed. They said they have so many wait list orders, they will never fill them. And for those of you scrambling to get the money, it will now ship in June. So you get a little bit more breathing time between tax day and helmet day. Because they were going to ship in May, and I had to pay the tax man just a couple weeks ago. So it was like... Oh, boy, I got to write Uncle Sam and Uncle FX a check. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle FX. Well, I don't think it's necessarily uncle. It's more like your mob boss that you have to pay. But you get stuff. You get protection. (laughs) The helmet does not protect you. We already covered this. Yeah, that's true. Now, I'm a little nervous knowing how many of our listeners kind of got a little screwed on their Republic Commando mini bust orders at Entertainment Earth. Because of a hospitalized relative, I placed my Macquarie Vader helmet order at Entertainment Earth did not get one straight through FX. So I'm going to be knocking on some wood here and sacrificing a chicken to the demigod of Mm, helmets. Don't hurt the chickens. Well, he'll taste good for dinner. General Giant announced that some new items are available for pre-order and release. More bookends! I really like these bookends. Do you? The Jabba's Palace bookends. First of all, it's got Han and Carbonite. You know I'm a Han and Carbonite completionist. It's got a Gamorrean, and I like Gamorreans. I think they're kind of cute. Now, here's the kicker. (laughs) 
<laughs> There's always a kicker, there isn't is. there? It always kicks me in the groin, too. Yeah. Like Pele. What is it with you and Pele today? There's a Premier Guild member exclusive version that has two bonuses. And the first bonus is a Jawa. Cute. The second bonus is an extra lay ahead so you can... Do boosh or unmasked boosh? Okay, so the bonus is just two extra pieces. Yes, that's Okay, right. yeah. so it's not like you get two bonuses. Well, no, you get two bonus pieces. Yeah, but so if you order it in your Premier Guild member, you just get the one bonus, which is both pieces. You don't have to do anything extra to get the second bonus. Depends on how you want to look at it. But yes, we're saying the same thing. Okay. If you're in the Premier Guild, you get two extra pieces. Here's the problem. If you're in the Premier Guild, you're paying full MSRP of 250 mm-hmm. I know that without the Jawa and that helmet, I'm going to find this a lot lower than 250 Yes. I'm thinking around the 170 mark. Entirely possible. I'm also thinking about that wonderful blue Senate Guard statue, which was also an exclusive, and how it didn't sell out. Mm-hmm. And how there's still trying to hawk the Slave Leia accessory kit for their Jabba statue and the Bib Fortuna statue, which was supposed to be free if you bought the Rebo band and the Jabba. And now they're trying to sell them, even though he wasn't supposed to come that way. And I'm thinking, I think I'm going to hold off and see if the exclusive version goes down in price because I've been burned too many times paying full price on this. And I do this knowing full well it may mean I never get the Jawa and the non-Boosh Leia head. And I'm okay with that. I really am. I tell myself that every night before I go to bed. All right. 250 is just a lot of money for some bookends. But I wouldn't use these for bookends the way I use the Han and Greedo. I would actually add them to my gentle giant Jabba display and have them off in the distance and have Jabba there and Fortuna and all that. Gentle Giant also announced that they're going to be making a maquette of my now least favorite Jedi. Used to be your most favorite Jedi. Yeah, but then he went down faster than a tie hooker. Who's your favorite Jedi now? I- I don't know who my favorite Jedi is right now. I haven't really given it a lot of deep thought, <laughs> but Jar Jar's not a Jedi yet, so... He was a bombad Jedi for an episode. He was, so maybe he's A bombad f- episode. <laughs> Come on, you're a Jar Jar fan, and you have to admit that episode bit. It did. It, it really, really sucked. <laughs> but this Clone Wars Kid Fisto maquette does not suck. It actually is really cool looking. His character actually lent itself to the animation style. It did. And the humans not so much because, well, we're humans and the humans aren't angular. Whereas with the aliens, it kind of works. Yeah, I like this one. I like this a lot better than their previous ones. And also, it doesn't feel like we're kind of covering the same territory we did before because the Kotobukiya Artifacts Plus statues and the Gentle Giant maquettes were really covering the same territory Mm -hmm. there. Here we get a character we haven't gotten before. Now, I don't necessarily agree with his accent on the showman, but other than that... That's weird. That was like this Scottish Jamaican (laughs) accent. That was really unique. The High Highlander? Yes. I don't know. You've angered now Jamaica and Scotland, so I don't know And Mickey Mouse fans. I'm just pissing everybody off this show. Also, we saw this last year at Comic-Con. It is now available for pre-order. Yet another Force Unleashed mini bust, but this one is, I think, my favorite of all the Force Unleashed mini busts, Battle Damage Darth Vader. Well, let's be honest. You would have bought this anyway. Even if it wasn't my favorite? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. But it helps that it's my favorite. But you have a problem. But it helps that it's my favorite. Well, you can get this now if it's also your favorite or not your favorite. You can get it at Brian's Toys right now, pre-order. Yeah, they have this and the Kid Fisto maquette, both available for pre-order right now at Brian's Toys. And remember, when checking out at Brian's Toys, please mention in the checkout box that you heard from them from the podcast Star Wars Action News. It would be much appreciated. But I love this 
mini bust because battle damaged Vader is perhaps the coolest thing to come out of the Force Unleashed because he is beat the hell up. I mean, he looks like I love the burnt skin and how you can see the robotics of his hand. And on this bust, the one misstep is there's some red wires that kind of popped out of his chest. They kind of look like springs, like a cartoon kind of boring. And But it, on the other hand, kind of looks like some kind of red intestine spilling out of his chest or something like that. Still, very cool bust. They could have so gone cheap with this the way they did their reveal Vader bust where they just changed the head on the old bust. Really like their work here. Love the ragged cape. Nice, nice piece. Shipping in December. So order now and then come Christmas, you'll forget you did and have less money to spend on your loved ones. Why not? How I roll. It is. I never get anything for Christmas. You lie. <laughs> well, they're announcing Celebration 5 t-shirts already. So it looks like you're going to be able to pick up a lot of cool shirts. So you can pre-order them now. I'm not a fan of these designs. I gotta say, I'm sick of mashups. I'm mash upped out. I'm mash done. Upped out. I don't know what that I'm means. I'm mash out. Mash like Seacrest out. Okay, not loving the jet ski and Boba. Yeah, Boba Fett does not need to be on a jet ski. Is oh, that well, let's hold on, let's, Orlando is landlocked? There's no ocean in Orlando. I know. The closest you have is Sea World. Yes. Is he? I, Jet skiing with Shamu? Because if so, that's pretty dangerous. It's like he's going to go down Shamu like he went down the Sarlacc. Seriously, I'm done with mashups. I do not need to see our characters in ironic situations anymore. <laughs> done. You can also get the generic logo shirt. Which is actually not too bad. But I wish they had it in a girly tee because the boy tees are too boxy. But it won't be on so sold on site either. And they're only available until July 25th. Yeah. Now, they also have four more shirts not available for order yet. There are a couple girly shirts in there because, and I don't mean girly as in men you wouldn't want to wear the I Heart Scoundrel shirt. I mean girly as in it's the actual cut of the shirt is different to accommodate women's extra accoutrement. Our curves. Yes. Our lady lumps. Yes. Well, Thank I you, guess, Fergie. I guess you guys could wear it. I mean, you could wear a woman's cut shirt. That's your business. <laughs> Now, they have the Star Wars version of the I'm with Stupid shirt. Yeah, and here's... You're, and I'm referring to it basically with uh, the one crazy summer usage of I'm with Stupid with Bobcat Goldthwait, where they yeah. were worried about who's standing on the correct yeah. side of each other. I'm thinking that we should get them, though. I thought you said we weren't. I lied, and now I... Well, at first I didn't like them, but now I'm kind of liking them. I'm thinking we should get them. It has the or girly if, shirt. If someone with, wants to stand in for Arnie and wear it, then that'll be okay. <laughs> it has the girly shirt with Leia saying, I love you. And Han looking back saying, I know. But if we got this, I would always have to walk to your left. Yeah. Because otherwise we'd be looking for other people. I'd yeah. just be telling everybody so, I'm, I know, like I, I'm omniscient. <laughs> and you'd be telling everybody you love them like some <laughs> attention so are, starved woman. Are you going to wear it? Or do I have to find a proxy? I'll wear it. Aww. And then they have Hoth Blue Milk that's supposed to look... Is that a Guinness label? You're the beer drinker. It is a beer label. But is it specifically Guinness? It says the Hoth Blue Milk Brewing Company. Because, yeah, I want my milk brewed with extra curdles, please. <laughs> it is not the Guinness logo. I don't know what it is. Here's my problem. First of all, go back to my aforementioned sickness of mashups. But also, there was no blue milk on Hoth. We never saw blue milk on Hoth. If it was Tatooine blue milk, I'd get it. But of course, they're really trying to stick with this Empire Strikes Back theme because it's the 30th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back. So they want to do Hoth. 
I would have been fine if it was like a hockey jersey for like the Hoth Devils or the Hoth Wampas or something. But Hoth Blue Milk Beer, mm, I'm just not loving it. I wouldn't buy it. I don't oppose it the way I oppose Boba Fett on a jet ski. It's not any beer I drink, and that's what matters. But this is just the beginning of Celebration 5 Collectibles. That's why I'm kind of holding off. I have a feeling I'm going to be owning Boba Fett on a jet ski in the official poster because I have the official posters for 2, 3, and 4. God, I hope that's not the official poster. I bet it's the official poster of Boba Fett on a jet ski. God, I hope not. Let's just stereotype Florida as much as possible. Maybe we we can put him with a little straw purse and a straw hat. Well, you want Golden Girls. I was thinking Bermuda shorts and some suntan lotion. Oh, and some socks pulled up to his knee with sandals. Yes. Maybe you can a little fanny pack like all the other tourists at disney world oh wait that's him sitting in traffic because it's florida i'm turning into an ugly american i'm sorry we could put some fudgesicle stains on his shirt it's why the french hate us french germans brits you name it canadians so a lot of stuff to order online out of all the stuff we've mentioned i ordered the darth vader battle damaged bust from brian's toys and I ordered the Anat shirt. The rest I'm kind of holding off on. We'll see what happens. You want to know who Fred Krueger was? He was a filthy child murderer who killed at least 20 kids in the neighborhood. He wears a dirty brown hat. He's horribly burned. He has razors on his right hand. They burned him to death in his boiler room. When I was alive, I might have been a little body. But after they killed me, I became something much, much worse. On April 30th, A Nightmare on Elm Street returns to theaters and now playing is here to help you get ready for Freddy. Each week from now until the release of the new film, Stuart, Arnie, and Brock will be reviewing one of the films in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. From Freddy's first kill on Elm Street to his facing off with Jason and even his terrorizing Hollywood in Wes Craven's new nightmare. So head to NowPlayingPodcast.com now and get this week's episode where we provide a brand new Freddy-centric review of Freddy vs. Jason. Now we're going to turn and talk about all the stuff that we got in the mail this week. I'm sure our neighbors really think we're weird with our Kodo boxes. and Yeah, I, it used to be Code 3. They probably thought we were some sort of weird... Militia organization. With all our Code 3 boxes. Code 3. Is that like C5, C3? Yeah, C... It, or is it C4? One of those. C4 four. is the explosive. C5's the convention. C3's the collectible. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> But well, you got your Kodo Bukia X-Wing. Yeah, I'm driving home and I see a box on the stairs and I'm thinking, box, Kodo, what I order? I hate it when I forget what I ordered, but honestly, I expected the X-Wing to come a lot quicker than it did. I have not opened it yet because if you're unfamiliar, it's not like the others. This comes in six boxes and I have to do a lot of assembly. Fortunately, I don't think there's any parts trees involved. <laughs> Thank God. Although I had no problem with the parts trees. It was all you. I gave you the easy one. I gave you the binoculars. Whatever. But Likely story. We'll be reviewing that in an upcoming week. We also got a box from Star Wars Shop, and it said fragile. And I opened it up, and it was Marjorie's little purses. And I'm like, why are they fragile? The little Japanese handbags. Now, I remember placing this order. First of all, you wanted them when they were up on Etsy. 
Strapia. Strapia. I'm sorry. Etsy is not the same. Etsy is the handmade store in the place where I like to buy fabric. Strapia is the Japanese store. Got where it. I got my... You got it, dude. R2-D2 shampoo bottle. Correct. And you wanted these there. And yes. And we didn't get them. And then they came up on Star Wars Shop. You were excited and had to have all four. And I think I ordered them from a hotel room even. Yeah. We were I, at Toy Fair. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I made you order them quickly. Yes. In fact, we ordered so quickly we didn't read the dimensions. I we often, just placed the order. I often don't read dimensions because i don't have time for such things i just like to be surprised when i get my items and then after the order was placed we went out to eat because we were in new york and you were asking me i think can i carry these can i actually use these as purses and tote bags or do they have to just be part of the collection because i'm like that usually if something's going to be used i require a spare so one can go to the collection but i said about these you know what I'm going to let you have one. You go ahead, try to keep them in good condition. Try not to spill makeup in them or stain them or anything. Spill makeup in them? I don't know. You girlies have some dirtiness in your purse that, like, anytime you reach your hand in there, it comes out black. Not in my purse. I don't know whose purses you're getting in. Well, we completely didn't read that these bags measure eight and a half inches wide by nine inches tall. They're tiny. Yeah, I guess it's like a little, I guess it could be a lunch bag. It's too small for that. It's not going to hold an apple. It's narrower than an apple. It's only about three inches wide. No, it's not. Okay, again, man math, dear. That's maybe two inches. It's two inches wide. (laughs) Oh, boy. Maybe I should measure the outside to make sure that they actually are nine and eight inches. (laughs) But these are small. Now, what I love about these is the fabrics, though. I wish they just sold the fabric by the bolt and you could make yourself an actual tote bag that you'd use. Because, honestly, the tote bags you've been sewing for yourself could eat this tote bag. Yeah, because my air won't. Like a spider eating its young. My air won't even fit in there. Your what? My air. Oh, your MacBook air. Yeah. Yeah. No. In fact, these are so small that you couldn't fit an iPad in there. No, no, it stick out. These are some tiny bags. And Marjorie immediately went, all right, they can go to the collection. Because... I mean, you're not one to travel lightly. It's because you throw all your you're crap. You're like the jundle and waste. You throw my crap and your crap in my purse. I do that once a week, but you carry a large purse seven days a week. I have downsized since for the summer. You have it downsized to eight and a half inches by nine inches. I'll use that purse tonight, then going out. How about that? We're going to a bar. I don't want you to get them dirty. Uh-huh. There's no smoking anymore. But there's still spilled beer. It's true. Usually mine. There were four different designs here. Again, love, love, love the fabric because it's subtle. It's Star Wars, but it's the, not. The best one is kind of a plum colored with little Japanese fans and these little tiny flowers and R2 heads and Stormtrooper heads and C-3PO heads. But it's got little Japanese fans on it. It's plum and gray and pink and white. I, yeah, I like the color schemes because they're not overly bright. All the Star Wars stuff we get... They try to be so colorful and loud and bright and animated. These are very, very subtle, muted colors. Simple tote bag construction, too. This is like the very first tote bag I ever made. Yeah, you immediately started complaining that they didn't do the seams right. Yeah, I didn't like the way they did some of the seams. I really think, I know they're from Japan and the dollar sucks right now and these had to fly over an ocean or who am I kidding? These had to be boated over an ocean. But I think $18 for a nine by eight and a half. 
half. Rageously priced. It's a little much. We're going to keep them, of course. We're not going to ship them back for a refund because we're so stupid that we didn't measure the dimensions. But I got to say, just too expensive for what you get. Totally. Yeah. And those cute in persons, I thought they would be too. But, you know, if you look at the picture online out of context, they look huge. Yes. <laughs> I thought I was getting a tote bag. You thought you were getting something you could carry your laptop in. Uh-huh. Not something you could carry your iPhone in. I could carry my iPhone in and that's about it. You could carry a few iPhones in it. You couldn't fit a camera in there. I could my little camera. It's still really small. But there's one thing we didn't get in the mail this week. I still don't have my damn tadpoles. The weather's warm enough. I know. What's wrong with them? I think there's some shenanigans going on. I smell a conspiracy. Yeah. Everything I've read tells me Uncle Milton has great customer service. Some people who did get dead tadpoles got replacement tadpoles. So I think they're just being careful because you don't want to kill a tadpole unnecessarily. No. Your impatience is not worth a tadpole's life. No, it's not. While Marjorie continues to wait by the doorstep for her tadpoles, let's listen to Nathan as he continues his EU reports, this time talking about the Star Wars version of choose-your-own-adventure novels. Hello, Star Wars Action News listeners. This is Nathan P. Butler of StarWarsFanWars.com and the Star Wars Timeline Gold, bringing you Expanding the Universe, your EU special report. Before we begin, let's dive briefly into the mind of Jedi Padawan Zalaron Kell as he confronts Dark Jedi Danad Ballas deep inside the Star Wars universe. I know what it is you desire to leave. Perhaps to flee, perhaps to carry a message, perhaps simply to be alone with your grief. We cannot allow that. I think you overestimate your chances. Ha! We overestimate our chances? Ah, boy, your master's wit has certainly been passed to you in your training. I wonder, though, did he train you well enough to get past all of us? That is your only option. I see at your belt a lightsaber and a blaster. Draw one and strike, for you will not leave any other way. To pull your blaster, go to track 27. To unclip and ignite your lightsaber for battle, go to track 10. Okay, going up against a dark Jedi? Gotta use a lightsaber. Cool. Uh, track 10. Ah, the lightsaber. Weapon of a Jedi. But so many of us. Who can you afford to attack first, I wonder? Choose and make your move, Padawan. Do as he says and choose. To attack Ballas himself, go to track 14. To attack the bounty hunters at his side first, go to track 23. Alright, dude's surrounded by bounty hunters, but I've been chasing this punk throughout the entire story. Forget the bounty hunters. I'm taking this dude down. Track, uh, 14. Well, you know what they say. You cut off the monster's head, and the body will die! True enough, Jedi. But you forget that until that head is severed, the body is still dangerous. Kill this insect. A pity. 
You could have been my apprentice. Unfortunately, I loathe stupid students. And your choice was most unwise. Come, men. Our work is done. Oh, son of a... Great. Now I get to start back at the beginning. So I should make more careful choices in the future. Though I'm not sure that the little Sean Connery wannabe should have called me stupid. You remember stories like this, right? Whether you call them choose your own adventure, pick your path, find your fate, this is what childhood, in many ways, for a lot of readers was made of. Choose your own adventure stories. Stories in which you start reading and eventually come upon a choice. And that choice determines the path of the story. And then another choice, another choice, another choice, on and down the line, gives you multiple paths throughout a story that usually has multiple possible endings. Many of them pretty dire, some of them worthy of congratulations. For Star Wars fans, though, these were not very common throughout the history of Star Wars publishing. There's been a lot of novels, a lot of comics, a lot of video games, and even some of those video games are starting to essentially be choose-your-own-adventure. Whether it's the old Jedi Knight video game where you could choose a dark side or light side path for Kyle Katarn, The Force Unleashed, where at the very end you decide in which direction the Sith Apprentice, the Secret Apprentice, Star Killer Galen Merrick is going to go toward the light or toward darkness. You really have only had options in very limited form throughout the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Usually you're just along for the ride, not behind the wheel. That's our focus this time. Choose your own adventure Star Wars stories. Where have they existed? What formats have they taken? And what's going on with them right now that is somewhat surprising in how they're handling it on two different continents? Star Wars Choose Your Own Adventure stories could sort of be said to have started with the Star Wars role-playing game, the original one, by West End Games, well before Wizards of the Coast took over the license. Back then, a few of the source books, most notably the original core rulebook, gave you a solitaire adventure, which was their name for a choose-your-own-adventure book. However, the stories in these solitaire adventures were not entirely choose-your-own-adventure stories. Think choose-your-own-adventure mixed with role-playing games, because the idea was to teach you role-playing skills and eventually get you ready for bigger and better things in groups with a game master. Reading a solitaire adventure presented you with a prose story. You read through part of the story and eventually came to a choice or an action. How you responded to that challenge was usually dictated by your character sheet. You, just like with any RPG, have had to create a character for yourself with special attributes, skills, certain numbers, there are dice on hand to use, and a combination of your choices and the stats that you have for your character and dice rolls determine the outcome of a particular decision moment. At that point, it would tell you to go to a specific page or section to find out what happens next in the story and continue on to the next one. So you could say that these RPGs were as close to Choose Your Own Adventure as we got back then, but not pure in that regard. You can find a few of them scattered about. The stories Void Terror and Regina K. Lee, among others, have found their way into the Star Wars Adventure Journal, although those are somewhat hard to find these days. There were also three standalone solitaire adventures released, one featuring Han Solo called Scoundrel's Luck, one featuring Luke called Jedi's Honor, and one much later called Imperial Double Cross, which isn't labeled as a solitaire adventure, but essentially plays out like one. It's best, though, before diving into one of those, to have a firm grasp on the way the West End Games RPG played. So if you don't have those basic game mechanics in mind, you may find it somewhat difficult to make your way through. A slightly less complicated variant of this same theme came in 1993 and 1994. 
through a pair of books often referred to now as the Lost Jedi storyline, Jedi Dawn and the Bounty Hunter, featuring the character Havit Storm, one of many characters who played a role in stealing one of the multiple incomplete sets of Death Star plans in the official continuity. These books were sort of role-playing games. You used dice, and you used stats, and you did sort of create character statistics before you started playing. But it wasn't in line exactly with the original role-playing game, and certainly not as complicated. It basically imposed a small dose of simplicity to lower the difficulty level of setting up your characters compared to the old West End Games RPG, while still giving the player creative control over their character. Unfortunately, these two rather good books and their collected edition, The Lost Jedi Adventure Gamebook, were produced by Boxtree and released only in the United Kingdom. They never saw an American release. The theme of simplicity, trying to make things a little easier to handle than that early version of Solitaire Adventures, found itself emerging in 1997. That's when Scholastic released the mail-order-only Star Wars Missions. Now, we talked about Star Wars Missions briefly when talking about novel collecting a while back. Essentially, Star Wars Missions was a package you would get every few weeks, and each package had a storybook, which is essentially set up as a choose-your-own-adventure mixed with RPG-style elements, and, among other things, a little set of cards. And those cards detailed weapons, vehicles, characters, and had numerical stats for each. It's not nearly as complex a series of statistics as you would find in the RPG, and you're not having to create any. They're all built into these cards. But still, you would use stats on these characters, you would use dice, you would use your own choices to make your way through these shorter storybooks, some of which have become very popular, and unfortunately in many cases hard to find. When Star Wars missions finally ended, we were in the time period right after The Phantom Menace in the lead-up to Attack of the Clones. At that point, The Phantom Menace and its characters were all the rage, whether you like Jar Jar or not. They revamped the series idea with another mail-order series called Episode 1 Adventures, following the Episode 1 characters and, in one of the later storylines, actually repeating the events of the film. In this case, the play was very similar. The difference was the prose storybook wasn't your choose-your-own-adventure book. There was a prose storybook that was just a story that you could read like any other kid's book. There was an adventure book that went with it that replaced part of the story if you chose to play out the adventure with your cards, your dice, and so on. In a sense, it was a game and a kid's book all wrapped together, more simplistic than the way the old RPG from West End Games was. Eventually, in 2003, once Episode 2 was out of the way and we were leading up into Revenge of the Sith, they had a final series, Star Wars Adventures, not to be confused with the current comic book series, which only had a few original stories before it just started reprinting old material from Episode 1 Adventures. Again, though, this was Choose Your Own Adventure mixed with a game, not a pure Choose Your Own Adventure experience. For that, we have to jump back to the year after Star Wars Missions premiered for Christopher Golden's Bantam Skylark series, Choose Your Own Star Wars Adventure. These were pure Star Wars Choose Your Own Adventure stories. They recreated the events of A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi with alternate paths, alternate outcomes, and a new point-of-view character for yourself. Yeah, they're all non-canonical, and you don't really get a sense that you're in it as much as you would in other stories because you already know how the film plays out. But they're one of the few chances that early readers had to play a Star Wars choose-your-own-adventure storyline without needing RPG stats to go with it. 
These have also become somewhat hard to find, but every now and then you will be able to find them on eBay. Finally, now we've reached the era in which Star Wars is back on the small screen as a series that in a sense is for adults, but is very well aimed at children. And that's The Clone Wars. With it comes an opportunity to get back into choose-your-own-adventure stories like never before. And we're seeing a major commitment, well, compared to their previous commitments to this type of story, which wasn't much at all, towards these types of stories. What we find is the launch of a new series called Decide Your Destiny, which is a line of similar books from all kinds of different franchises. The Clone Wars Decide Your Destiny series is essentially based around original stories, with some familiar characters and some who are brand new. The idea is that you work your way through a much more elaborate style choose-your-own-adventure story than what we would have seen in most of the previous outings. These Decide Your Destiny books have enhanced online components, or at least some of them do. You see, here's the weird thing about this series. They've decided to make it different in the way they released it in the United States and in the United Kingdom. In the United States, we got first crack at this series with a book called Way of the Jedi. It was just a regular old standalone choose-your-own-adventure book, nothing unusual about it compared to what you might have seen in other choose-your-own-adventure books of different lines. Then we got a new book called The Lost Legion, also a new original story, also a regular standard choose-your-own-adventure book. But when they launched this in the UK, they did something a little bit different. They launched Way of the Jedi. But this time, Way of the Jedi had exclusive online components. You would come to certain choices, like, say, taking on a bunch of battle droids. And you could just flip to the next page to follow the battle. Or you could actually participate in the battle. You would go online to StarWars.com slash DecideYourDestiny, pick your country, pick which book you're reading, and go to a certain odd little square. You click on the square and it would take you into an interactive game, as long as you had whatever code word was on that page of the book. And each book would have numerous online components, so you could play through a lot of different scenarios, making the book truly interactive, not just in terms of your choices, but in terms of the battles themselves. To a degree, at least. These were basically Flash-style games. They did that with Way of the Jedi, even though they only released a standard, non-enhanced version in the United States. But then for the second book in the UK, they didn't print The Lost Legion. Instead, they got another story called Tethan Battle Adventure. That one also includes online enhancements. So to start with, the UK had online enhancements, the United States didn't, and we both had different second books, The Lost Legion or Tethan Battle Adventure. They finally turned around and released Tethan Battle Adventure in the United States, and it became the first on our side of the pond to have online enhancements. It's a fun read, and it's fun to play those little interactive segments online. But you gotta wonder, if they knew they were going to be putting out Way of the Jedi with an enhanced version in the UK, why not release one like that here? Why release it without those when they were probably in the works at the same time? And where's the Lost Legion for the UK? And if it will be released over there, where's the online enhanced version for the United States? They are releasing more in the UK. In fact, just recently at the end of January, they released two more, which were also ones never seen in the United States thus far. Crisis on Coruscant and Dooku's Secret Army, both with web enhancements. So we have a really odd situation in how they're approaching these. But whether you are here in the United States, dealing with two regular choose-your-own-adventure books, one with online enhancements and the hope of more with online enhancements coming later, or if you're in the United Kingdom, 
and you already have web enhancements and four of these released in your booksellers, I would definitely suggest checking out these Decide Your Destiny books. It may not be that easy to figure out what really fits the continuity from them, but with these types of books, that's not your big concern. You just want to have fun with multiple directions in the story. And speaking of which, if you're curious about that clip that I played you earlier in this segment, that's a clip from Always in Motion, Ambush on Ankara, a fan-made audio drama that I put together back in 2005, experimenting with a choose-your-own-adventure storytelling format for audio. If you want to check it out, see how you might stand up against Dunad Ballas, our dark Jedi with a voice similar to Sean Connery, performed by Ian Bowie, check it out at StarWarsFanWorks.com under Audio Dramas. Again, the title is Always in Motion, Ambush on Ankara. Now back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Nathan. I used to love choose your own adventure novels, but which way books were better? They were more adult oriented and did horror. And my mom used to get these weird books, like mystery novels, that had the last chapter sealed, and you'd have to cut it. So when you got to that last chapter, you'd have to actually take scissors and cut around the edge of the book so you could read the last chapter of the mystery novel. That's odd. It was weird. Now to finish off this week, I finally faced the music. And went to the comic book store. He was really happy to see you. We owed him about $140. We mean we, Tiger. Well, most of the comics were yours. It was not $140. Was I owed like 20 he said. Not even that. I think it was like 16 Most of the bill was racked up by my, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced this, but I believe it's D. Agostini Diecast Vehicles. Or as they're officially called, because even though I'm buying for the vehicle, they're called the Star Wars Vehicles Collector Magazine. Yeah, I want, I want, I'm paying 16 bucks for the magazine. Yeah, you didn't even open the magazines on these. I buy the magazines for the articles, not the pictures. There were six of these waiting for me. I got the Republic Attack Cruiser, a medical frigate from Return of the Jedi, the Millennium Falcon, the Death Star 2, a Star Destroyer, a TIE Fighter, and Anakin's Jedi Starfighter, which came together. And then I had an AT-AT, and they also had Grievous's wheel bike. And we're going to talk about Grievous's wheel bike in just a little bit. Yeah, that one. Hmm. The AT-AT was the first one I got, and I had talked about it on the show before. I finally took it out and opened it up, and I really like this. It's slightly poseable, a little bit movable, very heavy. I would say that it's approximately double the size overall if you deal with total volume, about double the size of a titanium ship. So it's not twice as tall, but the overall volume is twice as big. I think they got the legginess right, because the AT-ATs are leggy, and I think they got it right. And they got the head right. You know, I'm so used to looking at the old Kenner toy with the big head. Yeah, they're big puppy dog heads. But in the movie, they have these much more narrow, sleeker heads. And I think they got that right. But I got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed by the detail, or really the lack of detail. For example, on the very front of the AT-AT, they didn't paint that little strip red where it's supposed to be highlighted. Everything I've ever seen painted that red. In fact... Okay, it, but every single one of these is devoid of color. Yeah. Are you talking about the D'Agostini vehicles? Yes. Okay, not all AT-ATs are no. devoid of color. This AT-AT has no accent color that I can tell. It is just, they spray painted it this gray beige color. It's like a bare naked model kit. It kind of is. That's what I... No, that's what I think. I, I don't know if you could paint them. I wouldn't think you'd want to. And the others come painted. I, they're not 
not they're not model kits. They're not sold. No, I'm not saying they're model the kits. But someone who was good at that kind of thing could probably make it look better. Yeah, someone who's not me. Yes. Oh yeah, that was implied when I said someone could make it look better. I was not talking about you. Let's be clear. I'd like a little weathering on it. I'd like to see it look a little bit well, more beat up. Here's the thing. It's like a I'm gonna call it a beret. It's like a beige gray. Yeah. Now with these ships, you get them with a display base which has a little plastic cover. I, I don't even think I'm going to go so far as to call it acrylic. I'm just going to say a plastic it's clear plastic, cover. It's plastic, yeah. And this little card, a little bigger than a trading card it's for a backdrop. card stock. Now with the AT-AT here, it's got a snow background because it's on Hoth. It's not the Endor AT-AT or anything. Again, I would have liked to see not as bad as Hasbro's done it in the past with some of their ATSTs and whatnot, but I would have liked to see just a little snow on him. Just, just a couple of specs here mm-hmm. and there. Something that makes me think he's in snow versus no paint. But the sculpting is phenomenal. I cannot get past the sculpt. It's die cast, all the line work in it. Just tremendous. I just wish it had better paint. Yeah, I just don't like that bright color. But that was the one we got before. Then we got this whole new batch and I wasn't quite sure what to think. And now I feel like I'm really familiar with the D. Agostini vehicles. And well, we'll talk about them one by one. The first one was the Republic Attack Cruiser, otherwise known as the prequel version of a Star Destroyer. Now, this one has the minimally required paint of the <laughs> red stripe down the middle and the yellow and red circles on the side. Once again, a tremendous sculpt, and I'm okay with the paint on it. It's fine. It's not exceptional, but it's fine. The colors are a little muted. They didn't, but I believe they're pretty screen accurate. They didn't go for the really bright colors. If Hasbro were making this, that red would be about eight shades lighter. Wow, we're getting into Pantone shades now? I've been spending too much time in Photoshop working. Yeah. It comes with a background of a planet that I'm sure somebody who worked on the Star Wars Atlas would be able to point out to me. It's green. Isn't that Dagobah? Might be Kashyyyk. Uh. It's fine. It's not exceptional. I like the sculpt, but overall I was left down. The medical frigate... Odd choice, I want to say, first of all. Well, there was in The Empire Strikes Back at the end, and then it was in Return of the Jedi. It is also painted, but it's kind of got some weird paint. It's only painted really on the bottom, where they chose to make some pieces yellow and black. I'm not sure why. Perhaps it's very movie accurate, and I just never noticed. But this is one where I would have been fine with them leaving the entire body a single color. But you know what I would have liked to have seen them done? Is paint the engines for me. The engines are just, again, plain gray. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen some red coming out of those engines. Like the engines are lit. This looks like a derelict floating in space, (laughs) not an active ship. It's dead. And it comes with the Death Star 2 backdrop, which is a good backdrop. Mm -hmm. It looks good behind the ship. And it looks a hell of a lot better than the Death Star 2 vehicle. Oh, God. First of all, the Death Star 2 vehicle that they released has the worst detail. It's just, there's, it's crooked. It's soft lines. Let me tell you how bad this is. He's boxing them up for me, right? And I see this one and I go, what is it? And he goes, it's the Death Star. Thinking I'm the idiot. Like, I don't know what the Death Star is. Oh, I've got Star Wars tattoos, but what's a Death Star? That's the way he treated me. And I'm like, is it really? And he's like, well, you're looking at the side of it that's not seen in the movie. Because admittedly in the movie, you only see the Death Star 2 from one angle. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I was looking at it from the wrong side. First of all, it's stumpy. It is. It's it's not quite circular. All the others have a nice base that set the ship a little off of the bottom 
this just rests right on the blackness with the hole. Second, all right, here's how much detail this looks like. Imagine if Ace of Cakes made a Death Star 2. <laughs> this is what I would imagine it to be. Soft. It just looks like a cake that's kind of falling into itself. It's not even circular. It's more like Play-Doh that's been sitting out or Silly Putty. You know how Silly Putty can melt over time? Mm -hmm. It's like partially melted Silly Putty. It has terrible detail. It does. Oh. I don't remember a huge bite being taken out of the Death Star 2. I remember <laughs> like a corner was missing. This looks like somebody chomped the Death Star 2, but it's a horrible, horrible sculpt. It is. There wasn't that much gone of the second Death Star. Admittedly, I have never seen the second Death Star missing from behind. Also, the paint job, they just threw some gray on there. And what's with the crack in the butt? It's got this huge crack going along the side. I don't understand what happened here. No other part of the Death Star 2 had this huge fissure going through it. It's like the Death Star 2 had an earthquake. Hold on, I found a picture of the back of the Death Star. It did not have a chunk out of its butt. Oh, wait, that's the front. I've never seen a picture of the back of Death Star 2. You only see it from one angle in the movie. It had a very good press agent that did not allow that backside to be photographed. This one is just absolutely terrible. And the fact that it costs the same as all the rest kind of blows. Mm -hmm. I also got a Star Destroyer. We're back to a great sculpt, just like the previous ones. Tremendous line work. Again, I wish that they'd put some color in the engines, some nice blue. I mean, you can't think of a Star Destroyer having just dead engines. Yeah, that's the problem. But I guess you're just getting kind of naked ships. But this one has really no paint job to speak of. The TIE Fighter and Anakin Starfighter. Anakin Starfighter has some pretty good detail. It's got the yellow markings. That's the best one of the lot. I disagree. I I'm saving the, my best for okay. last. But Anakin Starfighter looks good. They did a pretty good job on the R2 as well, which, you know, that's some pretty fine detail work when you're dealing with a ship of the scale. I think they did good with it. It looks slightly weathered to me on the wings, but I think that's just because the paint app didn't it's cover it. It's a bad right. paint. I just thought because it had more paint detail than any of the others, it looked a lot better, and I thought that was the best one. And it came packaged strangely with a TIE Fighter. I don't know if they were doing like a before and after because there's some resemblances between the Jedi Starfighters of Episode 3 and the TIE Fighter. The TIE Fighter is completely adequate. What are you going to do with the TIE Fighter? <laughs> completely adequate. It's got a black cockpit. The wings are good. It's got great line work. I, I love the TIE Fighter, but the TIE Fighter is simplicity. Yeah. That's what a TIE Fighter is. They didn't paint outside the lines or do anything to screw it up. I like it. My favorite one is the one I've saved for last, the Millennium Falcon. I think, though, this was an important ship, and they went all out. They gave it the blue engines, which they, they should did, have given yeah. some others. They did such delicate work as putting the brown and gray accents on the top. Tremendous sculpting and line work. This one is worth twice as much what I paid for it, honestly. I could see paying $30 for and this And they've detail. got it on the stand nice, too, where it looks like it's flying. Yeah, it's at a bit of an angle, mm -hmm. so it's like banking. Ooh, I used aviation yeah. term. <laughs> Score one for Arnie. The cockpit's lacking in a little bit of detail, but that is the only negative I can say about it. It is a tremendous looking Does it come ship. with Alderaan? Well, the Millennium Falcon was never at Alderaan. Well, I don't know, but it looks like Alderaan. No, Alderaan was blue. It comes with Tatooine. Okay. I think that's Tatooine. No, it does not come with the remnants of Alderaan asteroid field, which would be cool to have some dead bodies That's right, because Alderaan looked like Earth. Yeah, yeah pretty was blue. Yeah. No, I really, really like what they they did with this death suit, with this Millennium Falcon. It's really good looking. So then we get the Grievous wheel bike. <laughs> 
And it's rattling. Yeah. Marjorie's like, I can't put this one together. Can you come look at it? Put it together. None of the others required assembly. I was a little confused. It did not survive the transport. It was sold to us broken. We have to take it back. These are fragile. These are die cast pieces that need to be treated well. They are well packed. You get some nice plastic that's conformed to the ship, but they're not all surviving the trip is what the Mm -hmm. bikes taught me. So here's the thing. If you buy these at Entertainment Earth, you're paying $19 a ship. By going through my local guy, I'm actually saving money. He's only charging us $16 a ship. And you're supporting a local comic book store. Yes. And we're buying every one. That's why he gives us the discount. But overall... I don't think these are worth $16. I'm sorry. I think that you're spending way too much on these for the detail and inconsistent quality. That's... you, You have summed up my review. Some of them are worth twice what I paid. The Millennium Falcon is easily worth double. I think that the fact that I got both the TIE Fighter and Anakin Starfighter for one $16 price tag, I don't get it. Those are two of the better ones. The frigate is acceptable, but not worth 16 The Star Destroyer, acceptable, maybe worth 16 That Death Star isn't worth 5 bucks. So are you going to continue? Yes. Why? I like the magazines. The magazines are really cool. They give you and a you lot of background. And you are never, ever going to look at them again or reference them. I cannot tell you how many things I've bagged and boarded. Like, oh, this has good information and I want to keep this. And I've bagged and boarded it because you have to keep everything pristine and it's sitting in a box. Yeah. That is 16 bucks. what, a month you could spend on something else or a week or whenever they felt like it. Yeah. I like. It's almost three figures. Here, you want to know what the you want to know what the problem is? Oh yes, enlighten me. I love Star Wars vehicles. I yes. do. And the, if the Titanium line was still around, hold up. This is what happens whenever we have this discussion, though. No matter what the item is, you just insert that item for vehicles in that sentence you just did. You know what? I love master replicas. You know what? I love Sideshow. I love minibusts. I love Star Wars. What can I say? But you see what I'm saying. No. Uh, yeah. You're going to spend 16 bucks on each of those. You were not happy with any one of these except for the Falcon. Everything else was, eh, it's acceptable. It's adequate. I like the TIE Fighter. I don't see why you're going to spend 16 bucks on these. You're not going to be happy every time you look at them. It's going to be like, oh, that one sucks. Oh, that one sucks. Oh, that one sucks. Hey, a good one. Oh, that one sucks. Oh, that one sucks. Oh, that one sucks. I just don't see why you would spend 16 bucks on these again now that you've seen more than just one. I really think that for people who aren't sick in the head like I am, this is definitely a series to pick and choose. But I think you can be cured. You know what? If I found a pair of shoes I didn't like, I'm not going to buy them. Okay, but what if you were subscribed to like a shoe of the month club and some of those shoes were really great? That's what eBay's for. (laughs) Some of the shoes kind of sucked. That's what eBay's for. So I don't have to buy every pair. It's called sucker. My only problem is, and maybe one of our listeners can help me out. I don't know how many are in this series. Why is that a problem? Why don't you just not buy anymore? I want to know how much more I'm facing. I know that in Entertainment Earth, they've got Slave One, a Bark Speeder, a Turbo Tank, a Swoop Bike, a Droid Tri-Fighter, Obi-Wan's Jedi Starfighter, the Sith Infiltrator, the Grievous Fighter, the Imperial Shuttle, the Republic Gunship, the Rebel Transport, the Cloud Car, the Droid Fighter, the Sith Speeder, the Aerial Platform, the AAT. 
So I'm going to have to say... So there's at least 16, and if they're numbered sequentially, the droid Tri-Fighter appears to have the highest number at number 46. Oh, wait, no, the droid fighter's number 50, and at $16 a piece, 50 of them, it's only 800 bucks. It's not like we're talking a king's ransom here. 800 bucks, and I'm 140 into it already, and for a penny, and for 800 pounds. Oh, no, and if you subscribe, you get an exclusive Darth Vader figure. For our UK listeners, you can actually subscribe to it, and you get free gifts, which Arnie can't have. I think Arnie's just going to... Why would you tell our UK listeners to go subscribe and tell me to stop buying? This seems schizophrenic. That's their their business. I'm not in charge of them. I'm only in charge of you. You're not the boss of me. Yes, I am. You're not the boss of this. We all know who wears the pants in this family. And it's me. So thank you for listening this week. (laughs) Nice try. You're going to spend $800 on crap that's acceptable. It's adequate. Do you want to be known as a man who buys things that are acceptable and adequate? That'd be like if you decided to marry me because I was adequate. Well, she can cook. She's adequate. She ain't much to look at. She'll do. <laughs> You're settling. That's because the Titanium series has died. This is what I must settle okay, for. I've already made them and I'll repainted all of them, though. So I don't understand the problem. You can have a ton of different Jedi Starfighters in the Titanium lines, and you do. I like ships and vehicles, ships and vehicles. helmets, <laughs> gentle giant minibusts, what, books? I like yeah, buying things. Yeah, you need to stop. Why don't you get into, like, shoes or something and buy me shoes? Why don't you get into die-cast vehicles and buy me die-cast vehicles? Because you buy them now. All right, then. You buy shoes. It's not like you're walking around barefoot like a hobbit. I am barefoot. I just think this is a bad idea, and I'm going on record as saying <laughs> it, that if you find something merely adequate... Slightly acceptable. All right, this is hitting home because now I'm thinking, well, you know, if I wasn't going to spend $800 on these, that's the entire price of the FX Collectibles TIE Fighter. And I like Hmm. that TIE Fighter a lot. Yeah, so now you're seeing it. And they're probably going to do a Slave 1 someday and Uh they'll probably be around $1,000. Yes, so you have to own this ship in every single scale? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't they make a medicine for this? Like Adderall or something? Or I'm, I'm not a hoarder. Really? You're not a hoarder? Okay. Well, as this argument has proven to our listeners... <laughs> Wait, so do we have to buy backups of the ships in case the first ones deteriorate? We may after this Greer's wheel bike incident, but <gasps> honestly, this line is meh. But Arnie's still going to spend it. Exactly. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? That'll be our pull of the week. Are what you... the hell is wrong with Arnie? <laughs> no, are you going okay. to buy the D'Agostini vehicles? I got to say, you know, one of our listeners, Javier, was nice enough to get me all the D'Agostini figures he could when they weren't available in the U.S. And they, too, are kind of meh. Their paint jobs just aren't that great. And now they're coming to the U.S. And I think I subscribed to the figure line the other day, too. I'm not quite sure. Our comic book guy kind of has some communication issues where I'm not quite sure what I'm doing and what I'm subscribing for. But I feel bad telling him I didn't want this, so I always buy it because I know they don't have a whole lot of margin. We're not in the business of supporting them, okay? We buy our stuff there, but I'm not going to make sure that they're in the black all the time. No, stop. I'm going to have to confiscate all your money. You already did for Iron Man. I did. However, what I'm saying, you got to quit. I, I think I need to unsubscribe to the figure line because I own most of them and I need to just go on eBay. And they're and... eh. Although, actually, I need all the magazines because all the magazines I have are in Spanish. <sighs> I don't read fluent Spanish. I do not know what to do with you any longer. I don't know what to do with myself sometimes. I really want to call that TV show, though. I'm not a hoarder. Really? I'm just a cluttered collector. Hmm. 
Well, that's our show for this week. I, I'm done. <laughs> I think Marjorie needs a drink. I do, because I was like, got nowhere. No. And you'd be ten times more exasperated with me if I was trying to buy a shirt I didn't like that was a lot of money. Why would you buy a shirt you don't like? I don't oh, get that. Oh, gee, I don't know. It's not like you have to own every shirt. Really? I have to own everything. I must own every shirt, yes. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive review. Or you can call Hoarders and they can come to our house. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next week when we're going to discuss another vehicle, the Kotobukiya X-Wing. And maybe Marjorie will have some tadpoles, assuming I don't eat them because she's been mean to me. Why would you eat my tadpoles? They're innocent. Wait, I always want to see you eat a tadpole. <laughs> this sounds kind of fun. Will you eat them? I want to see this now. I'll go buy tadpoles now. <laughs> no, I'm not eating a tadpole. Oh. I was just trying to threaten you. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit yakface.com, hanshideout.blogspot.com, and jedi-temple-archives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is web programmers Jason and Joe, associate produced by Brock, reporters Jerry and Steve, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Berent. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2010, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. Let's sacrifice a radio DJ. <laughs> he won't taste good for dinner. No, he won't. They're kind of tough, and here they. I know if we're going to sacrifice like chicken, if we're going to sacrifice something, let's sacrifice something completely and utterly useless. A radio DJ. Go XM. 
I don't even have XM. Well, I, I let mine run out of my car when we bought it because I have my iPod. They're already announcing the Celebration 5 t-shirts. Available for pre-order. I don't know why, what's going on with you, because you're inflecting John Lovitz again. And this is really kind of a weird thing that's going on with you. Hello and goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> Maybe it's because you're watching that Benchwarmers movie a little too much. Okay, but I am like Rob Schneider, David Spades, and... Nick Swartzen's biggest fan and John Hader. All it needed was Adam Sandler. And there's a lot of Star Wars collectibles. And Kevin James. And I would, oh my God, it'd be a great movie. Well, that movie's coming out. It's called The Grown Ups. I know. Like a month. Well, it was also, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which was hilarious because it had everybody from the Adam Sandler movies in it, plus Kevin James. Uh It had Grandma's Boy. Available for pre order now. (laughs) Well, they have. Now, also, Arnie faced the music, and by Arnie, I mean me. I don't know why I'm talking about myself in third person. I think I'll stop that now. Marjorie doesn't like that. Marjorie says you must stop. Also, this week, I faced the music. Oh, wait. We weren't doing that yet. We were just doing uh, the bags, weren't we? 